Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of The Us and Virus. Um, today, we are dissecting something that's a little bit more philosophical, if you will. Um, and we have a very special guest. Her name is Maida, and I will leave it to her to do her introduction. So can you just tell us what you study and all of that stuff? Hello, everyone. My name is Maida. I am an undergraduate, currently a rising senior at UCLA. I study human biology and society, that's my major, and I minor in global health. Wow. So very oh health-oriented. Yeah, no, that honestly sounds really interesting. Um, yeah, so we felt like Maida was the perfect guest to invite onto our episode today just because our last two episodes were definitely more... I mean, our first episode took a very political stance our second episode was a lot more casual attuned to um, the modern generation and today we kind of just wanted to play on your major Maida as well as Sue's since she's a bioethics major Um, yeah so we kind of want to talk about how human nature has been revealed through COVID-19 and we can talk about whatever we want, but this was primarily inspired for me because of the toilet paper shortage at the very beginning of COVID-19. Like, I feel like something like that, it almost sounds comedic, but if you really dissect the nuances in an occurrence like that, I think it says a lot about just people in general. Okay, so what do you mean? Like, what what do you think about the toilet paper thing? Like, what, can you, what did you learn from it? Or, like, what did you gain from, like, the whole toilet paper all the thing? Yeah. So, personally, so just my two cents on it is I think it definitely showcased the extent of human selfishness. Like, I think I grew up... Well, like, I just don't understand why the, this, the toilet paper was the necessity that everyone thought of. You know, like, there's so many necessities in, our, in, in things. Like, they could have taken soap. They could have taken rice. They could have taken bread. Or like well, you- no, I think, okay. If you look at the trend of things that happened, I think toilet paper was just, okay, first of all, I think, as I said, it was just the most comedic necessity. But no, I think tons of other items were actually in, like, shortage. Exactly. Like, yeah, like rice here um, was on shortage in so many, like, Asian supermarkets, hand sanitizers. I mean, masks prices are still, like, insanely inflated right now just because supply is so low. Um, I think it's interesting to see that we notice the shortage in toilet paper, but mm-hmm. personally, I'm back home in Chile right now, but when I was back in the U.S., um, mm-hmm. there were no regulations on whether or not one could go shopping yeah. for essentials, like for food, for example, but people were mm-hmm. still hoarding regardless of the fact that no regulations were in place to stop people from shopping and so that just highlights the fear that Mm -hmm. the current situation has made people feel and yes toilet paper might be the most comedic um Mm -hmm. but it also I think depends on what survival comes down to because if we look at what we need to survive well, obviously, when I would go and visit Trader Joe's, there were certain things that we, they would be run out of. But mm-hmm. I mean, toilet paper was definitely the most surprising, as Kat was, was saying. Yeah, no, it's just, yeah, no, you raise like a good point about like the whole fear thing. Like, I think when there's mass fear induced in a community, you know, you would really want to think that everyone kind of helps out each other. But like it was the complete opposite like sue you should tell everyone about like you and suna's toilet paper fighting journey oh shoppers no wait yeah no like what a week before that we um like me and my friend went to like metro to buy toilet paper but the moment we walked in everyone was just like running around with carts and all the shelves were like empty so then I think it was like two days after that, Suna and I were like, oh, we're going to go buy toilet paper at Shoppers. So we woke up at 7 a.m., like left our place at 7 a.m., got there, mm-hmm. and like they were open, and like there were people like lined up to like buy toilet paper and stuff. Um, and it said you could only get two per person. Oh, no, one, one thing per person. So like one thing of like, I don't remember how many, like six. Mm-hmm. Um, then... <laughs> Suna and I were like, okay, we're going to try to get away with it. So 
I grabbed two and I went to the self checkout and I just like paid really fast, put it in the bag and left. And then soon I wa- couldn't. So then she had to like pretend to be someone else and then go in again mm-hmm. to get another one. And that's how like at least we got a lot of toilet paper. But it was like definitely crazy because a lot of people were like um, asking if they could take two because one was not going to be enough. Like they need to have two extra, blah, blah, blah. So they were all like trying to get more than just one in case, well- just in case. I think what's interesting is to ask one ask oneself how many people that were there buying toilet paper do you think actually did not have any at home? Because I think that's that the collective fear that mm-hmm. was generated amongst people and is still present today really mm-hmm. highlights or raises the question of did those people actually need to take two? Like Sue, for example. I bet like perhaps she didn't have any at home or whatever the item was, be it rice, be it toilet paper, how many of those people that were actually trying to stock up actually need that item at home or were in an actual shortage? And I think that like the fear is just highlighted because we are in a pandemic and the word pandemic just Mm -hmm. generates so much fear. Yeah, no, like for sure. Like I am very confident to say that the people that Sue and Suna encountered that day for sure at least half of them probably did not need it um yeah i mean for us okay first of all we acknowledge that our household clearly also perpetuated selfishness but in our mild in our mild defense about sue snagging two toilet papers we were so close to buying a bidet no joke is that what it's pronounced yeah yeah because we ran out and yeah i remember like we went to the supermarket like twice three times and every time it was just out of stock and yeah like I don't understand because I mean it should be enough theoretically so how is it that there were people just sweeping dozens of packages right what I don't understand is like it's not a PPE right this is not a personal like protective equipment like how can there be a shortage of toilet paper like that how like why would that in demand right now it's not like this pandemic makes everyone shit larder like more right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well if no one would have gone then well if no one would have gone to buy all that stuff i think it has to do with the mentality of the masses where if you see everyone is going out and buying stuff you know about that by the next week when it's your actual time to go and you actually run out of things there's not going to be anything left for the sole fact that everyone else went last week yeah no actually i remember oh my goodness my parents are in china actually and they were like, you need to go stock up on rice. Like, there's no more blah, blah, blah. And everyone was saying these things. And, yeah, there were people just, like, buying, like, like, you know, just so many packages of rice. And when I went, okay, there was enough. There was enough rice. There was no need for the mass-induced panic. It was definitely not necessary. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just a really every man and woman for themselves. <laughs> Like, for example, like, when we were walking, like, before we actually, like, started, like, the emergency state and stuff like that when I was still at work, I remember um, how people were, like, lining up for, like, around the block in front of, like, like, Dolorama and stuff, and they were just carrying bags of, like, I don't even know what, like, toilet paper, paper towel, like, whatever it was, like, even the Mm -hmm. convenience store across from, like, Solicious was, like, out of everything out of like canned food out of rice out of like all these like basic stuff that would last a long time um i feel like Mm -hmm. not gonna lie like when i was walking like down the street and i would see all these people with like a bunch of bags and stuff and like it kind of created this like like i don't know like this doubt within my head of like oh like should i be doing that too like like, where Mm -hmm. it's come to and i feel like that's like a very like real cause i mean it could be like a real big incentive for why people were getting so much stuff Mm -hmm. also if you think about it this is so unprecedented and this has never happened before like a pandemic of this scale is the the biggest in history and so i think there was no way to sort of expect people to react differently Mm -hmm. anyways because if it's something that has never happened before um yeah you like people were clueless and still are clueless of how we're going to get out of this and whether or not we will have shortages of certain things in the future for example as brady already mentioned like why not ppe 
well, we see now today that PPE is mm-hmm. in shortage, but I think it just makes sense that it was something that we have never seen before. Yeah. I think that's what's even more disappointing, I guess, that, you know, when shit actually hits the fan, that, yep, this is how people will react. Do you think people are inherently selfish? For sure. (laughs) I am a big supporter of that. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I don't know about you guys. Like, you guys should speak on it, too. But personally, for me, yeah, I do think people are inherently selfish. Why? Why do you think that? Maybe I'm just jaded. Okay? Not to get personal here. But... (laughs) Um, I think for me, I started seeing things like that after I came to university, actually. Um, U of T is definitely a prestigious institution here in Canada, but my, I don't know if you can relate or if you ever saw this at UCLA, since the three of us all go to U of T, but my personal experience with my school is that after university started, it was a very drastic difference from what I was accustomed to in high school. Um, people... Like, I just remember in first year, like, people wouldn't share notes um, because, yeah, no, like, people, well, not every, I don't want to generalize, like, of course, there were people who shared, but there were people who were really stingy with their notes because for some reason, I don't know, like, if they share their notes, it was somehow threatened their own success in the class, even though it really wasn't contingent on other people's success whatsoever. Um, There were a lot, there is just a lot of, like, mild situations where I found because everyone was in this new foreign environment um, because a lot of people that I met at university were out of state uh, out of province students Um, so a lot of people were alone didn't have like that many friends or that many family around and during those times like a lot of people who had been I guess more selfless before turned selfish when their circumstances got more challenging if that makes sense. And then, yeah, because as school gets harder, as the stress of studying and like all of those things kind of like come into play, I could literally see so many people start to care less and less about others. I mean, honestly, like probably myself included, definitely myself included. Um, but I just think it's interesting because... Okay, but what like the thing is like you're only seeing that people are inherently like selfish in university, right? But what I'm saying, what like... Are you just born, like, you jump out of your mom's womb and you're just like, no, I'm selfish? Or is this a nurture versus nature thing? Because, like, I don't think you are born to be selfish, you know? I think maybe perhaps if you compare humans with the rest of, like, the animal kingdom, then I guess it depends to when we see what our society has defined survival as. Because I I do not Mm. think animals are inherently selfish. Um, but if you do have, like, for example, a group of lions and there's only one piece of mm-hmm. meat, like, they're not going to necessarily share it. Mm-hmm. Or if there's not enough for everyone, then someone is going is bound to go eat it. But I think in our society, we're not really surviving. Mm-hmm. So the inherent mm-hmm. nature to be selfish is perhaps, like, not what I would think we are born mm-hmm. with. I don't think we're born being selfish, but society specifically colleges and higher education definitely have an impact on what we call Mm -hmm. survival because society does definitely impact how we think we should live our lives or what we should do in the future and if you think about it you could call cat situation as like college survival Mm. yeah no 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 no. that that sums it up much better than what i said (laughs) yeah no i think that's what i'm trying to say like i think because in the world that we, or like in the society that we live in right now, we are obviously very privileged. It's much more developed. So if you place us on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, a lot of those have already been filled. Um, So I don't think for the most part, we're always pushed to survival mode. Um, So I already kind of had these like mild perceptions that, oh, I feel like people are generally more selfish when it comes down to it. But I think for me, that notion just got a lot more entrenched after COVID-19. Because I don't also, I don't know if you guys saw, I read this article um, from The Star. And yeah, let me, I pulled it up. The first line was, it's not just toilet paper hoarders that are bringing out the worst in people right now. You can add users of disposable gloves and face masks to the list. Basically, the article was documenting how there were people that were just littering um, the environment with their used 
gloves and masks. And like, I, I don't understand that because obviously that's like a health hazard to people. It's definitely wasteful and it's damaging the environment all at the same time. So I think that's also why I just feel like a lot of people are selfish because... Yeah, I think people are selfish, but one, like the question at hand is not if people are selfish or not. I think people are all selfish to an extent. But I'm asking if selfishness is nature or is it nurture? I guess maybe if we think about whether or not altruism is a thing, it can help us see if we are inherently selfish because, I don't know, do you think that in, like a single act could be like 100% altruistic, meaning you don't do it for your self-benefit at all? Well, isn't that's like, if we're talking about animal kingdom, right? There are altruistic animals, like bees, for example. They yes. all, and ants, they all go and help the queen bee and the queen ant, and thus giving giving itself up or there's even some fish that like protects the young ones by forming a barrier with themselves to let the predator not hurt them do you think though that those fish are protecting the younger ones because of what well i've heard it being called as passing down your genetic information or your your traits Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like because so you're so you're saying that self unselfishness and selfishness is a genetic thing well, I, I don't know. I just don't know if there can be something that is 100% altruistic because if we're talking about bats, for example, I know that yeah. if if resources are scarce, they will share their food with the rest of the bats, mm-hmm. but they always do it so that in the future, mm-hmm. if they are seen in the other position needing food, the other bats can remember the ones that fed them in order to give back. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, so that's not really altruistic because you are getting something out of it. Yeah, no. Okay, I know but what like because I'm a biology student. Yeah. Like I like when I when I think about nature versus nurture, right? The first big question that jumps out in my mind is if it's nature, then some somewhere in our genes, in our DNA, there should be something that encodes for it. Right? That's interesting. Like right like our eyes are blue because our eyes are like it's encoded into our genes, into our chromosomes. Well, what do you do about? Like, I don't think. I guess this might like steer it out of proportion a little bit, but what do you do about things in the brain that are not necessarily explained by science, or when emotions just light up a certain part of the brain? But I guess there's no gene for that. There's just personality traits that you have acquired from your parents, but then your nurture yeah, like thing, is going like to, is like yeah like you being a, you being scared or you being like afraid or happy like those emotions that we're developing like those are developed n- n- nurturally yeah right like when you were born you don't you don't know when to when to smile when to laugh like you only do it and when you get like accustomed to it when during your learning period like when you when I tell you a joke as a kid, like I I tell you a corny joke, like a dad joke, like you're not gonna understand it and laugh at it. I think, um, like, well, maybe I, like okay, this is the way I interpreted what Mido was saying, like, because the your question of this true altruism really exist. I really went down that rabbit hole a few years ago, because um, I think I know what you're saying. Because how I see it is when you are doing a kind act for someone else are you really 100% doing it for them? Or is it because there's like something in it that makes you feel good about yourself? Um, or like you're, there's a part of you that no matter how sacrificial you are seemingly, you're doing it expecting some of that good karma to come back to you. And if that's what you're doing it for, even if there's like 1% in there, can you really call that like altruism? Like, is that what you kind of meant? Yeah, exactly. That's what I meant. And I don't really know the answer. Me neither. I got down that rabbit hole. I never came back out. <laughs> I mean, do any of you see Friends, the TV show? Yeah. Have you seen part of it? There's one episode where um, I think it's Joey, I think, um, tells Phoebe mm-hmm. that there, there's no real altruistic act. And mm-hmm. the whole episode is just Phoebe trying to prove to, I guess it's Joey, um, mm-hmm. that she can find something and everything she thinks of comes back to her feeling good about something else. Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. About something that she did. So 
I don't know if we should see that as just a collateral plus to mm -hmm. doing uh, an altruistic act or if in fact you you donate or you do community service because you feel good about yourself after or because in general in society that's seen as something positive to do yeah mm -hmm. no that's really interesting i think on i was actually thinking about this topic a few days ago like while i was showering because that's when it hits what the <laughs> you know like when you just like, i don't know okay anyway not the point But I was thinking, and I think my conclusion on this question is that chances are there will probably always be some kind of selfish, like, desire that prompts me to do something kind. Like, I thought about it, and I'm like, okay, if I were to do something for my family, like, if I were to give my liver to my brother, knock on wood or something like that, like, I would do it because I love him, but I also know that's because me loving my family makes me feel happy so yeah. that I don't know in my standards like that's still intrinsically selfish and when I think about my friends I'm like okay when I do things for my friends like am I doing it because I really care about them or is it because I need my social circle to make me feel secure do you see like the chicken and the egg here so the yeah. conclusion I came to is you know what like even if it is selfish Like, that's just how it is. But if it's making the other person happy or it benefits them in some way, then who cares how self-righteous you are? Who cares if it's selfish? Because it still benefited them in the end. Yeah, so then the in end that case, it's just positive. Yeah. I just embraced being selfish. I denoted myself to that. But I'm like, hey, what else? Like, I still care about you, you know? <laughs> Maybe just not 100%. <laughs> Yeah, like you're still doing good and it just happened that you're also benefiting from it, but it wasn't the initial idea. So I guess yeah. even if there isn't an 100% altruistic act, it just depends on the perspective you bring to the table when you're talking about certain things. Like if you were inherently just looking to do good, then mm -hmm. why why blame you for that if you're going to get something good out of it? yeah. I did a thought experiment with myself once where I was like, okay, I don't think saving a family member or a loved one is necessarily like altruism. I think the question is, would you save a random stranger, you know, because that ultimately gives you no benefit whatsoever. And yeah. I was like, I thought about it really hard. And I'm like, Kat, just be honest with yourself. Like, don't try to sound good. And I'm like, to be honest, I really wouldn't want to. But if I did, it would be because I What, like I would feel almost like an egotistical pressure to do so to say okay I did the right thing I don't think I would ever do something like that just because oh I'm so kind yeah because yeah. you need inner peace to just be yeah. able to say you did the right thing yeah so I think from that conclusion that's why I think if it really boils down to it I do think most actions are selfish. And, like, being selfish isn't always, like, as much of a pejorative as it might sound. It doesn't have to be, like, some evil thing. It might just be, like, nature. How do we bring that back to COVID? Like, where does altruism lie or what role does it play during a pandemic? Bioethicists, you may speak. <laughs> Your expertise. <laughs> this is such a... This is, like, so, like... Okay, but you know me, like for me, like this topic is very hard to talk about because I will always try to like think people are not evil. So, mm -hmm. I feel like, I don't so know. why why do you think that? Why do you think people are not evil? So you like we talked about, so we discussed about if uh, selfishness is nature versus nurture, uh -huh. but we haven't talked about if there's actually true selfishness. So we talked about, we, we all three of us believe that They're, like people is inherently selfish but we just don't know if it's nurture versus nature whereas you're on the opposite like 180 degree of the spectrum where you think everyone is i mean it's not, not, that, selfish. it's not that i don't think people are not selfish it's just that that's not well you think you, you think people are not like generically selfish right like you think no when, i think that people like, can have like selfish intentions selfish motives um mm -hmm. Like, there's, like, whole, like, quote, like, um, when you give out to someone, you shouldn't expect to have anything back or in return. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. 
but I feel like that's not completely true because even like if you think about it like ever since we're little we're taught that like the golden rule is to be treated the way you want to treat other people then doesn't that also mean that like at the end of the day it's kind of like what Maida was saying like I'm doing I'm treating you this way because I want you to treat me that same way too so in the end it's like I'm doing it for myself too but for me it's more like this whole argument is very complicated in my head because I feel like it's just like in my brain I can't I'm not able to like accept that people are just like selfish like purely selfish you know what I mean like I don't think people are born evil people are like born selfish what do you think about like if if you were to bring that back to the toilet paper scenario do you think when you were grabbing that extra toilet paper do you think you were being selfish or do you think you were actually getting what you needed I mean I freaked out a lot about toilet paper because we ran out of toilet paper (laughs) yeah so it was a necessity. Like, do you think? Do you think you grabbing two? Yeah. Do you think grabbing two instead of one, whereas, or where, like they said specifically, you can only grab one for everyone to use, and you know that you guys, three of you guys, don't need four times six, twenty-four rolls of toilet paper. You'd be surprised at how much toilet paper. <laughs> okay. First of all, not to be defensive, but continue. Right. Like, do you think that was a selfish act? I mean, yeah, if you, like, look at it, it is. Obviously, it is. So how do you like, justify yourself? How do you justify like, yourself as no, being like, I'm selfish? Not saying, like, I'm just saying, like, in general, like, I'm not saying I'm not selfish. I'm not saying people are not selfish. I'm just saying that, like, that's not for me. What you want to do? Yeah, that's just not how, like, I would think of it. Like, I feel like that was more of, like, a survival thing, and everyone's just kind of, like, out here, like, everyone yeah. for themselves. Um, but then again, it's, like, my question is, like, then what – what you guys say about like people that like i don't know at least in toronto there were like those people dressed up as like dinosaurs like handing out masks on the street for free or like what yeah, okay, wait, i don't even know what you're talking about yeah, it, was, like, what? Like, it was a whole block teal thing so like basically like, oh, this, I didn't like, see. These, uh-huh. like this, i don't know i don't know if it's like a mom and a kid or whatever like they made like at home like face masks and they dressed up as the, those like dinosaur things and they had a basket with masks and they were handing wow. them out. And then like you see cases like, I don't know, like stories like, oh, like this kid like started printing 3D, like face protection stuff and like stuff like that. Yeah. Like how would you guys like kind of like analyze those cases um, mm-hmm. with the whole thing that we're talking about? For me, I think in addition to my previous shower thought the other thing that I kind of came to the conclusion about is honestly I have seen friends and some people around me who acknowledge that they're selfish but in certain ways I can see them try to defy that inherent like desire to be selfish if that makes sense like I can't honestly come up with an example but I think um, people want to be good. Is that what you're yeah, trying to say? Like, yeah, they want to that's be good. what it is. Yeah, like, I have a friend who I went to high school with and who I still talk to, and she's just... You can you can give you can give her a shout-out. <laughs> Jocelyn, the shout-out's for you. <laughs> Jocelyn. Um, yeah, I have a friend named Jocelyn, and, like, she's always, like, questioning the reasons for why she does certain things. And I don't think she would ever proclaim like, oh, yeah, I'm just like a selfless child of God or anything like that. But like there's an effort, like an attempt there. And I think that is what makes the good side of humans. You know what I mean? It's that at least that drive to pursue it, even if it may not be completely possible. Wait, so I'm confused. What? So Jocelyn thinks she's inherently good? What? No, that's not what I said at all. Or like, no. what do you mean she questions herself of why she do it? No, I'm just saying, like, I think, okay, like, back what we were all talking about, um, what Maida mentioned was that when you do an act of service for someone else, when you donate, when you do something kind, right? Like, doesn't mm-hmm. always, doesn't some of that always kind of come back to yourself where, like, yeah, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. something, right? Yeah, like, I think yeah. there are some people who will go around just saying, yes, I am selfless for doing that. But 
because I have this underlying idea that no, I think all actions like that always contain a degree of selfishness. I think what really marks humility in a person and what makes people human is if they can acknowledge that and like reflect on it in a way that's like, okay, like what are my motives here? And just, I guess, have humility in accepting that is what I'm doing really like selfless or selfish. Like, what is it? Does that make sense? Like, I'm not expressing this properly, but like, it's just what Maida was saying with, I think it's enough if people want to be good. It doesn't matter if you can't always achieve it. I think it also matters that sometimes society doesn't make it so that you want to collaborate or want to cooperate because Mm -hmm. the way that society is sometimes organized, it literally just means like you are fighting for yourself in what seems like a war and what seems Mm -hmm. like a fight of the individual against the individual. And that like could connect back to the fact that maybe just people are, are like, I don't know how to say, but that some people are better at cooperating than others. And those that maybe this is how Sue would look at it, basically thinking that people are not selfish, but Mm -hmm. those that are selfish are just worse at collaborating and cooperating and looking at the bigger picture rather than Mm -hmm. thinking about oneself in a society that sometimes forces you to not share your grades, like, about what you said earlier, Kat, at UCLA, mm-hmm. I've, I have noticed a lot of my professors in my major, specifically in my department, mm-hmm. they often say that they don't curve grades because they don't want it to be a competition against you and your classmates, but mm-hmm. rather they want you to advocate for yourself and to collaborate so that mm-hmm. everyone can get the A if everyone yeah. deserves the A. But so mm-hmm. that doesn't happen in all the departments at UCLA, of course. And so... yeah. Does that, like, sometimes society is not going to give you the opportunity to share notes just because of the way that you are told you're going to receive a grade? No, you know what? The thing is, a lot of the people that I met who don't share notes, the class is not curved. It's not, like, that's that's what I mean. Like, my success is not contingent on anybody else, but there are just people who feel like, I'm the one who did all of this work. Why should yeah. I share it with you? Like, that was my work, my effort. I don't want to give it to you. That's, but that's, I think that's valid, though. Like, I, like, there's some such things as privacy, you know, there's copyrights. Like, I paid this much work for it. So should Mark Zuckerberg, like, should, like, Google give you, give, give you out there, like, notes or like should apple just tell you what the next iphone is gonna be no what the design is gonna be like i'm not arguing that it's bad like i respect the people who do that because honestly like when you've put in a lot of work like even for myself like i admit like when i put in a lot of work and someone wants to just leech off of it it doesn't feel good for me either like i think it's a valid feeling but it's just like selfish like i think that's inarguable i'm not saying being selfish is always bad but it is in itself selfish Okay, so let's let's go back to the conversation of this, how this is related to COVID-19. So do you think people will be more selfish or less selfish after this pandemic in all types of like ways? What what has what has been what has like selfishness changed okay. during this pandemic? Like if you think about it like for example, like in Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, they opened like the patios up bars, right? Yeah. So I'm wondering like you go down on King Street West and you see people like lined up like around the block to get into like yeah. one of the patios at the bar, right? Just to, like sit there. Yeah. And is that a selfish? Isn't that a selfish act too? And like without masks, like my friends will walk by it and they'll be like, "Oh, what the heck? Like, why are these people like not social distancing? Why are they just lined up?" Because they want to eat? Yeah, and they're not wearing masks. So then, does that mean that like? over this quarantine like people just like reached a point where they were like oh like i don't give a shit and they're just no so see this is this this was my next point because uh, like recently we just got the news that florida actually just got hit with 9k new cases this week or like in one day right Mm -hmm. like it's showing that they didn't florida people did not take the quarantine seriously you see pictures that like 
everyone was just out and about on on beaches. So like we talked about, yes, people are inherently selfish, but are they more selfish now or are they less selfish now? I think people are just narrow minded because the scope of their perspectives many times just focuses on themselves and what they're going to get out of something. And if my family members aren't dying due to COVID, then Mm -hmm. I'm safe, quote unquote. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I don't have to mm -hmm. worry about it. But I've seen this specifically in my friend group here back home because I'm in Chile right now and the Mm -hmm. lockdown measures are extremely severe just because of the current situation in, Mm -hmm. in the country right now. And I see. How, how is Chile, by the way? I'm like Sue talked about how you guys. There was a speculation how the government was over, uh, overestimating case numbers. But how is Chile like doing right now? As during Currently, the we well, we started with a lockdown a couple months ago. Um, but it mm-hmm. was at the beginning it was sectored, so certain parts of the city were in lockdown, while others were just at a stay-at-home order. But when they saw okay. that that wasn't working, they just decided to make the entire capital, which is where the majority yeah. of the people in Chile live, just go in a yeah. complete lockdown with a couple of um, sort of, you can go to the mall twice a week, max. Uh, but it was very like government. How, how did they track that actually? Yeah, so it's government regulated. And so you need to get oh. like an official permit to be able to go wow really yeah so that's the extent of what it has been like here because cases were just not um coming down Um, or it's coming down now right like you guys are almost out of the woods recently like this past week only they have started coming down but it's still pretty severe so we're still in lockdown and there's no really time frame of when they will sort of remove it um but i think Mm -hmm. that what I have seen personally is that this generally, or I would say more obviously, is creating a sort of anxiety in the population. Like they want to see each other, they want to go out. The mm-hmm. ones that have not seen COVID themselves because they are at home are really sort of fishing for themselves because I don't know. Like as I was trying to say before, my fam- my my friend group um, mm-hmm. has tried to sort of get together. Or sort of, oh, like, what if we do this? We'll be able to see each other. And I think that that's because people are locked up in their houses and all they see is their current mm-hmm. situation. Or I'm yeah. safe, I'm healthy, my family is healthy. But all it takes is to just have one family member fall ill to be able to really notice the extent of the situation. Because I see both of my parents are healthcare workers and one is in the front lines. And from what I hear from my dad, um, he's like, well, my colleagues are falling sick because of other people as they're trying to save their lives. And so, like, how how are people, I don't know, I just guess this is like my inner thought process, but how can people be so narrow-minded and have a scope of the pandemic that is so restricted to a certain experience that those that are out there helping the rest of the community are falling ill because they're helping while others are sort of saying like oh well my family is healthy so it's not a big deal if i go to my friend's house so do you think this so so then i would arguably say that europe what you think about this pandemic is that people actually got worse with selfishness like i think what do you think i think the current situation of just being locked up at home like takes a huge toll on people's mental health to the point where, yes, I think that when people are going through such a hard time, it's so much easier to prioritize one's own experiences. And Mm -hmm. yeah, just people become more selfish because the situation they're in is already so negative. Um, Mm. So I don't know. It's, it's a hard question. Okay. But then um, I remember that, like, I think we were discussing not in the recording but before like how um the scarcity of like resources can affect like specific people right so i'm just wondering okay like we see we're talking about like people like that have similar backgrounds to us who have like a very like like a privileged life and they're locked up and so they don't really think about like oh like my actions are like 
I don't know, whatever. But then what if you put yourself in like the complete opposite situation? Like I know that in Chile, at least because there's such like a big economic inequality gap, the people mm-hmm. who are in like the lower income class, they don't have a choice to like stay locked, like in lockdown. Like yeah. then they also be considered um, selfish. If like for them, it's something that it's like for survival. Wait, that's mm. interesting. Because I was thinking, I was talking about it with my mom, and it's kind of like their mindset in a way can be seen as, I mean, if we don't work, we're gonna die anyway. So like, if we go outside, whoa. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> said that in the news. Like, yeah, like they said it, and so it's kind of like their mentality is like, I mean, I'm gonna die anyways. Either I get the corona or I can't work, so that I can't feed myself. So it's like the same outcome. Mm-hmm. So like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. I think. It all depends on like the definition of survival, right? Like I think in nature, like the the primary goal is to survive. Like that's our number one goal. Like it doesn't like doesn't matter what you do or like when you, when you're doing it. Like even if you're underwater, like right, you're trying to force yourself not to breathe. Your mind is telling you you have to breathe because your mind wants you to survive, right? I think that's also like like. A nature versus nurture thing like did, did you was it like you were born to survive or you were taught to survive mm-hmm. but the thing is like those people like their survival depends on it so it's ver- it's basically a needs and a want thing right like i think it's, be- it's be- between i want to go to the beach versus i need to go to the beach it possibly depends on the, the connotation that we give selfish or like the definition yeah. of selfish because what Sue was bringing up being like the specific populations or demographic where it's not a matter of staying at home to save lives yeah. but going out to the streets to live your life yeah. and to be able to survive. I think, I don't know if I would call that selfish just because of the connotation that surrounds that word. But in the end, you are sort of advocating for yourself because, as Sue was saying, you have to. Like, you have no choice. Like, I think that, I think what we're arguing is different because right now we're arguing about is not, if you go outside, you're just selfish, right? Like, going outside does not equal selfish. Going outside unneededly, like, you don't need to go outside, but you chose to do it because it's in your, like, because it benefits you. That's selfishness. But if frontline workers were like these like lower wage or like middle class or lower class people that needs to work to survive, they, they don't benefit from anything. They're not like, if they don't do it, that's a question of their survival, a question of like they can live or not. It's not like, Oh, I get to see my friend today. I want to talk to my friend. Exactly. It's not a comparable situation. I was going to add on to what you're saying is I think it's because where we are in society now, I think a lot of people have placed happiness as a need. Like it's food, water, air, whatever, and happiness. People see it as something that they must have. Do you really want to get into this controversial dis- discussion about mental health, Cat? <laughs> no, okay, about I don't mean happiness equals happiness equals mental health check, and you're telling me mental health is not a necessity. No, like I am definitely. <laughs> let me make. Let me clarify. I'm. I definitely don't mean that in a sense where. Oh, I hope everyone listening <laughs> understands what I mean. Like, of course, mental health is a priority and all of that stuff. I just mean that. Okay, I'm pretty sure people who are suffering from, like, I know a lot of people are going through mental health issues because of quarantine and all of those things, but I think we can all agree that, you know, in the pursuit of um, mitigating your mental health situations, you shouldn't be harming other people, correct? Like, we can all agree on that. The pursuit of your personal happiness should not be endangering the lives of others. Whoa, that sounds like another controversial topic. That we can have a whole, a whole episode on. I think that brings up a good point. That's very good to analyze, though, because if I do think about, oh, like, yes, I am having a very hard time being locked up for, like, the past couple of months, and my friends do want to see each other, and I just guess, like, your happiness, I don't know, it's just a hard topic, but I think Kat 
brings up a good point because people have gotten very comfortable in advocating for their own happiness, which should happen. Mm-hmm. But we are in a very specific once in a lifetime situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's what I was trying to say. I'm definitely not saying, you know, like anyone's like mental health issues should be undermined, not at all. I'm just saying, like, if you your pursuit of happiness is somehow at the cost of someone else's health and safety and their mental health, like mm-hmm. I'm just saying we should look at that a little bit more closely rather than just saying okay so here's a controversial question for you then let's say so do you support the floor the florida people going out to beaches personally i am a big advocator of social distancing and all health and safety regulations you can ask sue how much i disinfect everything okay um okay okay let me there's a follow-up question sorry so you you say you're you're an advocate for social distancing however what if these people, or like not all the people, like some people that go on the beach have mental issues that needs to socialize, that needs to go outside and enjoy the sun, you know, lack of vitamin C, like lack of vitamin D. Is that, so, so going to the beach is actually for their own happiness. To me, yes, that is selfish. Am I going to shit on that? Maybe, but not like... Like, I don't want to take such a black and white stance on something like this, right? Because first of all, case by case is very different. Like, I'm not going to generalize. Like, I'm not in anybody else's shoes. So I don't want to speak on behalf of anyone. But I think it's just like, you are having a really hard time. Um, You go out, you infect another person. That person goes home, infects their grandparents. Their grandparents die. Which, honestly, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure some version of that has probably happened already. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, in this case, like, you're essentially asking me what the trade-off between these two people are. Because the person who yeah. would be prohibited from going outside, like, like, I can't play God. You know what I mean? Like, that is beyond my scope. I don't get to have an opinion towards that. But all yeah. I can say is that, okay, that's just... Well, I'm not saying if you, if you should play God or not. I'm asking you, do you validate it? What do you think is appropriate? Well, I think I think we can look at it in a more like data analysis way or a case by case scenario because if we do if we are trying to value both the health and safety of a population as well as the mental health and the happiness of those individuals that are at stake mm-hmm. of being sick, then mm-hmm. can we find a way to do that safely? Like can we find a way to go to the beach with social distancing um mm-hmm. methods or can we like what we're doing here like people are allowed to walk their dog twice a day for like a maximum mm-hmm. amount of 30 minutes let's say like mm-hmm. i guess just trying to- damn i didn't i actually did not know chili was this strict like you have to get Stop like government calling it a chili to- it's not a soup chili here please say chili it bothers me That's okay <laughs> oh well, I guess just, like i guess it just comes down to can we prioritize both in a way that's responsible yeah exactly so, i don't think there has to be a trade-off there you know so this is this is interesting because on in episode one we talked about is individual privacy greater than a pub uh like a whole popularity of a uh, population of privacy you know like so to give you some context for all the listeners and um our guests like what we talked about in um episode one is that should there be tracking on like people's phone about like trace uh was it was it contact tracing yeah contact tracing one one is on one hand is you're ruining someone's privacy by always tracking their phone on the other hand you're tra- you're helping everyone else by making sure that they're not affecting more people if they get into contact with the with another infected person so is privacy really uh an individual thing or is it a society thing and now we're talking about if selfishness should be an individual thing or is it a society thing? Well, just to bring up something about what you just mentioned, not to like mm-hmm. talk more about something that was spoken at a different podcast, but I think it's important to mm-hmm. raise is that here, for example, a lot of the mayors were trying to make the cases in their certain like municipality or community public in order to mm-hmm. provide help. But technically... And medically speaking, that's illegal. Like the medical record of an individual is is private. And so the ethical question arises of whether or not it's okay to publicize that data for the benefit of the greater population, as Mm -hmm. you were saying. But 
Yeah. I guess when it comes to being selfish, like, I guess it just, it's more nuanced because it's your health. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you can really connect selfishness to just, oh, being able to disclose your information, your medical records, your health. Well, like the thing about selfishness between individual and society is basically like the comparison of your your individual health, right? Like you have depression. You need to go go out to the sun, go to the beach because because that makes you happy. And without that, like you're going to like your mental your mental health is in danger versus you go to the beach. You're not practicing social distancing. You're putting everyone else's life in danger. So who, which one do you value more? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's hard. Wait, sorry. Can you repeat your question? Where did you zone out? No, I just didn't think I comprehended it correctly. Okay, so individual selfishness is you're about caring about your own mental health. Uh-huh. So for example, right? Like for your own personal health. But when you take care of your own personal health to go to the beach, to mm-hmm. like tan and to have fun with your friends, you're mm-hmm. putting everyone else's personal health in danger. Mm-hmm. So which so is a top so is a conversation about individual selfishness versus a society selfishness. Which What do you mean? Like which one like which whose health do you value more? Like is it selfish to go to the beach to be able to just be at ease with your own mental health when you know you're putting yeah. other people in danger yeah um i do think it's selfish do i have a right to pass judgment on people who do it no um but i just think like it's not extremes like i feel like okay i think it's kind of like this um let's say we have a case where someone has exercised everything that they could in their ability to social distance and protect others but they have to go outside if they don't like it's going to have serious like psychological repercussions or whatever um so they go outside Mm -hmm. and inevitably they harm someone else in doing so like i think that's a lesser offense if any than if you were to be stuck at home for a couple of days and like let's say it does affect your mental health but you didn't even try to social distance. You didn't even try to think about other people and who you could be putting in danger. And you just go outside because your own circumstances were just so great. Like in that case, like I would be a little bit more, yeah. you know, like I think those two cases in nature, they're kind of, they're kind of the same context, but it depends on how you execute your own needs. Like it's not like in order to follow what I want, I just have to annihilate everyone else, you know? Like, like at least have some consideration is what I would say would be to be unselfish. So if you have consideration, you're yeah. not selfish anymore. Okay, that's a very absolute statement. Like, I guess it, yeah, I guess it just makes it more okay. Yeah, exactly. Because in, in the extreme situation that Kat was mentioning, like, mm-hmm. if you just have to resort to going outside... How can you do that? Bringing it back, like, how can you do it safely and in a way that you're respecting other people? Like, if you do hang out with your friends, then are you social distancing? Are you keeping your mask on? Are you not touching your face, etc.? Yeah, like those kind of things. Like, I know, like, people still celebrated their birthdays during quarantine, and there are people who did it safely and people who didn't. And like, everybody had a birthday. Everybody wanted to celebrate it, but how did you execute it? I think that's what it says about you as a person. Well, personally, I would rather have a Zoom party for my birthday. <laughs> no, <you don't. laughs> yeah, like Sue's party was originally supposed to be like, I don't know, like 17 people, something like that. But, you know, you mitigate your circumstance.
So does that make her unselfish? Okay, like I wouldn't say that just absolves her of all <laughs> selfishness. Like, like I don't. Okay, first of all, I don't know what it is with you and extremes. Like that doesn't make her like some holy child. Like I would just say no. Okay. I'm saying for on this on this instant, is she unselfish? Like yeah, her I think, act of this act, she's unselfish. Yeah, like in this act, I think she made a commendable effort to be less selfish. And then, you know, like, you don't, it doesn't have to be 100%. Like, obviously, her party was still for her own desires. Like, Mm -hmm. but the effort is there. And I think that in itself is at least worth acknowledging. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But do you think she could have been more unselfish? I think everybody By making a Zoom call. I think we can all do better. Yeah, like, you can always do better. Like, okay, it's kind of like this. But if she do better than, you know, having a normal, having a a normal party, right? Or having only, like, a seven-person party, seven-people party, then she's putting her own, uh, she's only putting her own health in danger. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, no, I'm going to have a very depressing birthday. Wait, what were you saying? I, I did not follow that whatsoever. No, I'm saying if she becomes more self- more unselfish, right? By making it like a Zoom call, we're not even having a party at all. Okay. She is putting her own health in danger. Like mental health? Yeah. Oh, because she's so distraught and because she can't yeah, have a yeah, party? She was like, my friends, like I need friends. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think we reached like a very like safe like, as long, like, like I, yeah. No, I honestly think her party is actually a good example. So for our listeners, me and Sue are roommates. So, so sorry that context was needed. Okay, her and I are roommates. So in Sue and I's situation, I would say arguably, I'm a lot more uptight about social distancing. Um, just being who I am. I have a history of being a hypochondriac, guys. Um, so in our situation, like, if she were to be absolutely selfless she would like be like oh you know what cat probably doesn't want this so i'm just not gonna have a party at all at the absolute sacrifice of my own Ooh, dude, dude that sounds like an attack to you that's okay, that sounds okay. like what you kind of wanted you to okay, do don't try to start shit shut up i'm not done this is, okay this is some like a huge roommate problem <laughs> okay shut up let me finish my example okay and then on my side i think the extreme selfish would be like I would expect Sue not to have this party whatsoever, right? Like, that's, like, my expectation. But for Sue, if I were to be selfless towards Sue 100%, I should just let her have the party that she desires, like, on its own. And be like, I am willing to sacrifice my body for this, you know? But, like, I'm just saying, I don't think it's realistic to expect anyone to go to those kind of extremes. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, both her and I still had our own selfish agendas to pursue i wanted to maintain my health a bit more sue wanted to have a party but that's just where you reach a compromise and i what i'm trying to say is that compromise is enough like we don't need to expect more Mm, that is very interesting we had a great time at her party okay had a great time okay (laughs) yeah we should bring it back to covid that was about COVID. Oh, we were? That was that was about COVID. Oh, sorry. I was thinking about the birthday memories. I got too caught up in that. I forgot. Yeah, Sue well, like, gave the an emotional during... that night. Well, what about um, like limited resources, as we were talking about in the beginning? Oh yeah.
I guess if there are a limited amount of resources, then I'm going to bring up something that, like, is not very, like, positive to talk about just because of who idealized the, the mm-hmm. topic, but, like, the, tra- the tragedy of the commons. Like, you trying to, like, use up a resource system where, um, like, the community as a whole is going to suffer by you taking that resource or so you are part of that community so if you were helping yourself that one time with that limited resource in the end you're hurting a community that you're a part of hence sort of going against your own benefit Like, you end up, like, depleting a resource. So, in a situation where resources are already scarce, Mm -hmm. like, how can we work towards not only just fighting selfishness and wanting to have that limited resource, but also being able Mm -hmm. to, like, turn, turn around the situation and make it so that, as a community, we're able to make that more sustainable. Like, for example, let's say face masks. Mm-hmm. there's been so many videos about how to make your own face mask, reusable face masks. Um, mm-hmm. And that not only takes sort of a social stance, but also environmental. So I think that movements like those where you're able to turn something that's limited mm-hmm. into something that is more long lasting and effective. Like for example, all the different entrepreneurship projects that have arise from trying to create new ventilators Mm-hmm. Like that really highlights the positive the positive aspects of society in the sense that we're able to innovate and to come up with new solutions to these problems where we have limited ventilators, where countries are mm-hmm. fighting over who's going to buy them from the producer. Um, I just think that there has been positive things that have come out of having mini yeah. that come with people's creativity and curiosity to make something better. Yeah, no, and I think like... At the end of the day, even though a lot of people like to call me a pessimist or a nihilist, okay, I'm actually not as dark as that. Like, I do think there have been really good things. And I'm very confident that there are tons of people who have, like, just look at our frontline health workers. Like, my, I didn't even know your parents were health workers, actually. But the work that they're doing is absolutely amazing. And I definitely think there is a substantial amount of people who are going to propel this entire challenge you know into opportunities for the future and I think that's something we should all count on you know not absolutely lose faith in humanity exactly can I say like thanks yeah yeah oh yeah for sure so I wanted to thank the team for bringing in I had a great time I think having these conversations is so important and if you could think about it as sort of like a first-hand account of living through mm-hmm. this historical time period that will go down in history as a one-of-a-kind event. And so I think projects like these are super important. So thank you so much for bringing me on the podcast. No, oh my God, no. Honestly, like, thank you so much for being here. Um, yeah, because as I said, like, the three of us are all from UFT. And mm-hmm. um, it's always, great. like, first of all, it's always great to have someone from another school another country another perspective so and it's yeah and it's even more interesting to see the commonality as well as the differences between our experiences so thank you for being here Maida thank you Maida (laughs) thank you Maida um but yeah that is the end of episode three we hope that do you have any shout outs that you want to give Maida we can include it in the episode (laughs) at the end (laughs) to give not shout out to my school to UCLA. Yeah. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> Honestly, shout out to your parents, like frontline health workers. Like, oh man, health. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like those are the people that you know. <laughs> Mommy and daddy, but Exactly. Oh. Okay. Um. Yep. Yeah, but that's everything. Um. We hope we gave you some perspective onto 
brighter and lighter shades of human nature. Um, yeah, and we hope you'll be here with us next week as well. Yeah, next week, we'll be talk, discussing about the changes of education due to COVID-19. All right, until next time, bye.